Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Jean Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast. I am so excited right now because across from me on the screen, I see one of my beautiful fairy crone mothers. I've got Debbie Finks with me here today, and I'm just going to give a little introduction about you, Deb, before I hand it over to you. I feel just so lucky to have this woman in my life. So freaking lucky. Debbie holds just the most glorious mother energy. I've never come across anything quite like it, Deb. You just hold, I call you the universal mother is my new name for you because no matter who comes into your aura, no matter who comes into your space, you just become that motherly presence for them. And you are the mother of the journey home. I mean, technically I birthed it, but I feel like you birthed me. No, you're like the, you're, I feel like you're my, one of my spiritual mothers. And I have just, ever since I started the podcast, I was like, oh, I can't wait to have Deb on the podcast. Um, Deb, I just, I just don't know how to introduce you because I just think that you're absolutely magnificent. Debbie and I met each other all probably close to three years ago now, or maybe like two and a half years ago um, on Instagram, of course, where so many of my deepest, most magnificent and magical friendships have been made, been on the gram. We found each other through our common mentor, Rebecca Hayden. Shout out to you, Becky. Debbie and I are just Beck's biggest fans. Whenever something exciting happens in Beck's life, you should go check her out on Instagram. I'll pop her in the show notes and you should check out Becky's podcast, Higher Self and I. It's amazing. But whenever anything exciting happens in Becky's life, she got engaged a couple of weeks ago. Deb and I were on Voxer. Oh my gosh. Did you see <laughs> Becky got engaged? So that's how we got brought together. And I think that's why we just, we, our love for Beck is even bigger because she brought you and I together. And it was through a live that I did with Beck that you were watching and you were like, oh, I want to dig into journaling more. And then you came on over into my space and I came into yours. And then I found out that you two had been on a big journey with chronic illness and we just got each other, Deb. Yep. We just got each other and it was like everything that each of us said was like yeah yeah (laughs) and so I have felt so seen and understood by this woman from the moment that she stumbled into my life and Deb you have played a bigger role in my life for the last three years than what you will know just your you just have this energy that can can just hold 
my spirit and can just, I feel like I nestle in to you so often you know I can see myself as a little child just crawling up on Fluffy's lap Fluffy is what (laughs) Deb is called by her grandchildren (laughs) and I feel like I just crawl up on Fluffy's lap and have a just have a cuddle um, because that's the energy that you bring and I'm so grateful to have you in my life and grateful to have you on here today Deb's going to be asking questions I have no idea what they are but I know they're going to be amazing and we'll have a brilliant conversation um, and Deb was on the last podcast episode so if you haven't heard that one definitely head back over and have a listen but Deb even though you did introduce yourself on the last episode I'd love to to just invite you to reintroduce yourself now it'll probably be completely different who bloody knows um yeah I'll hand over to you who is Deb and how does she fit into TJH I think that you have described Deb so well (laughs) I am that motherly figure like Mm -hmm. my biggest thing in life is to be able to hold people and hold them close yeah just give just give from my heart and you know honey (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be, you know, a little child to come and snuggle up on Fluffy's lap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I have been so blessed in my life to hold space for so many, you know, young women. Mm. And I, I feel so fortunate to be able to have done that. So mm. anyway, um, I live on a farm. I <laughs> I have... I have a husband who has been the love of my life. Mm. We're almost married. I know. We're almost married. Yes. I know, Dazza. <laughs> but the most amazing thing about the relationship that I hold with Daryl is I've known Daryl all of my life. Mm. Um, I, I've, I just know how he works. I like, we went to school together. I was in grade one and he was in grade seven. So, like, his, his, dad and mum were my school bus drivers his sister was my school teacher you know it's just so integrated they they lived half an hour down the road from us and it was just I knew exactly what I was getting and I chose mm. I chose him he I tell him he doesn't choose me I chose him <laughs> <laughs> best decision of my life um we've we've got two beautiful amazing grown-up children now two boys and I I suppose they have also brought to me um, the ability to mother more people. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And I always feel like um, if I was to describe myself, my home is always open. Mm. My, my doors are always open to anybody who ever needed it. Um, I went through... Um, my how am I going to explain this very nicely (laughs) I've had experience where I wasn't accepted as well in a in part of a family Hmm. and I think the lessons you learn from that sometimes are open your heart yeah and let people in yeah people in um and that's why what I do what I do I think one of my biggest callings in life is to do that yeah so Mm -hmm. and I think like I came into the journey home on the year that I actually had written down, I'm journeying home to myself. (laughs) (laughs) No coincidences in this world, is there? (laughs) You and I are so in alignment. It's crazy. So in alignment and 
I just like I've not like I said you said we've known each other for quite a while now Mm. and Mm. I know you and as soon as you put that out I'm like oh I'm in I'm so in but what I got out of it and what I'm getting out of it is so much more than what I ever expected Mm. um you know you think that you're going you're going into things with a certain expectation and you just come out of it with so much more so for me the journey home gives me so much more I am a guide in it now I never expected to be that (laughs) (laughs) never expected to to do that um Deb's crafting corner Mm. and I can remember when you actually asked me to do that yes I cried and (laughs) it was just like the best thing ever um but I can remember the process that I actually went through in trying to work out because you didn't put any restrictions on us what I actually wanted to do yeah and the moment that it dropped like we're all on this call together and the moment that it dropped it's like oh holy crap that's just so freaking easy you know and crafting was just it's my passion yeah it gets me out of my head and into my heart it has always done that and I know with your chronic illness journey as well you will really understand that Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely yeah, so to be a guide in there is just phenomenal and, yeah, it's just it's the best thing, Hayley. Oh, and so, so far we've had three crafting corners, four? Oh, no, three. Like three. Three. Three crafting corners and I couldn't come to the last one but the last two that I went to, oh, the space Deb holds is just so nurturing and it just reminds me when I was – little I remember being I don't know four or five and I knew my nana she went to craft I think it was every Thursday morning she went to craft and I remember just thinking oh my gosh I can't wait to grow up so that I can go to craft every (laughs) Thursday morning and the space that Debbie holds is exactly what my inner child had dreamt of that craft being because what Debbie does inside the journey home yes she sets up a full craft project and she lets us know ahead of time what it's going to be, what we need to collect and things like that. And we go out and we collect it. And then when we come together, there's a little bit of guidance. Like Deb shows us like what we can do, but really Deb's just there with an open heart, ready to hold space and to just get you chatting and make you feel a part of something, make you feel accepted, like you're sitting around her table at home and she's just pouring the cups of tea and (laughs) saying, welcome. And then we all just are creating together and we have laughed, we have cried, we have just communed, which I think is so important. And I believe that this space within the journey home is going to continue like the more people that come, they'll realize because people might think, oh, you know, yeah. I don't have time for that. But then as soon as you come, you go, I don't have time not to do that. Yeah. You realize how important it is. And I think it's so, ah, oh, like to me, when that idea dropped for you, Deb, I was like, oh my gosh, that is actually the missing piece of TJH because we've got meditations, we've got courses, we do a we do a, a women's circle, we do master classes, we have teachings, we have contemplations, we have gene keys, we have all of this inner work, beautiful stuff. But what was missing was just to put all of that aside and to use our hands and to move in creativity and just be with each other and chat about life. 
where of course the inner work comes up, but in a very different way to when you're attending, say, a women's circle. And it was just the missing ingredient. You were the missing ingredient that was actually always there. And so um, everything has just all fallen into place so beautifully. So, (laughs) oh, I'm so excited to just be here today already. I mean, we're what, 10 minutes in, we haven't even done any of our questions yet. And everyone can probably just see just the, the energy. Each woman from the journey home holds a different energy. Of course she does. She's her own unique person. And so you'll, and then I shift depending on which woman I'm sitting with and we get a whole new experience. And I just love that. I love that get to see other women's genius coming through. And so Deb has arrived today with a set of questions that I don't know what they are. And I'm just going to hand it over to you, Deb, to fire away with the first one. And let's see where this conversation takes us. And I love it because when I come with a set of questions, they always change as I go through. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I I know that about you. Yes, we do. Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I, I think that for me, um, Working with you on the Jean's Keys, I actually do want to weave the Jean Keys in. I didn't think I was Mm. going to do this, but I do want to weave them in because I do think that there's such importance that surrounds this. Yeah. And it's not until you, you know, you really commit to that, that you realise how important this work is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's been an unravelling of myself, which has Mm. actually started to lead into my relationships Mm. and I suppose the question that I've got for you I know we touched on this a little bit when we were talking the other day but how important is it to understand yourself with the gene keys so that you can bring that through to your other relationships because I I know how important it is but I'd love to know you know what your take on it is yeah yeah oh it's the only thing that matters when it comes to creating relationships that hold their own core stability, relationships that hold reciprocity, that hold respect, but also joy and laughter and just longevity, the the only factor, <laughs> because yes, there are, we can say there are so many factors, but all factors boil down to the one factor. And that is how deeply do you know, love and understand yourself? Because it is from that relationship, the relationship you have with yourself is where all of your other relationships flow from. And we so often, if we're having relationship struggles, whether it be a friendship or with a parent or with a child or with our spouse, we can try and go in and fix the relationship. But we're always just going to be toiling away and it's never quite going to land in the way we're wanting it to land because all along the thing that needed working on was just your relationship to yourself Mm. and yes there are two people in a relationship but it only takes one person to change the entire tapestry of a relationship because as you shift your frequency and as you shift your connection to yourself if you are committed to seeing that relationship through over time, you will see that start to shift and meld and morph. And, you know, that's something that we, um, we've we looked at a lot 
Deb, over your journey is as you've dug deeper into yourself, navigating what that has meant then for your relationships, because sometimes um, it's the other way around where we don't, we don't have an issue with our relationship. Then we dig into ourselves and then we go, shit, I'm getting issues in my relationship. But it's all because that external relationship is always going to be a reflection of, of what's happening internally. And so in terms of this gene keys work and in terms of doing shadow work, when you're working on yourself, we can be punked into thinking that that's selfish work, that I'm spending all of this time just digging into me. Oh, what a waste of time. There's so much else about life, but no, everything else about life flows from that place. So when you're digging into you, you are actually digging into your marriage. When you're digging into you, you are actually digging into the dynamic between you and your child or you and your parent or you and your sibling or you and your friends because it all flows from there. So, yeah, to answer your question, Deb, it is everything. It is everything. And the degree to which you know, love, and understand yourself will be to the degree in which your relationships can be nourishing and nurturing and thriving so that you're going to have this biofeedback loop between the relationship with you have with yourself and the depth and the, um, the ease of your external relationships as well. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just experienced a big shift because mm. of the work that I've actually just done and it's massive. I know that you say um, we need to hold space and I never used to understand really what you meant by holding space and within the last two or three days, it's actually dropped. Mm. <laughs> it's actually just dropped. It's just been absolutely phenomenal. So um, with my marriage and everything at the moment, we you know, hubby's going through some stuff and I'm just holding space for that where I couldn't do that before. Mm. So this is what the gene keys give you. They, they, they allow you to do that. Yeah. And it's just, ah. Oh. And then by changing ourselves, we actually really do have that knock-on effect. Oh, yeah. Like, like we can change just by changing ourselves. And that just blows my mind every single time I think about it. Mm. Just absolutely blows my mind. Yeah. So that was my epiphany actually this week. Mm, and that that holding space, Deb, it's like um, because before we have deeply dug into our own worth and really come home to ourselves, if we're not home in ourselves, we'll try and make our home in other people. Yeah. And so we make our home in our husband, for example, and then if they're going through something or if they're navigating a struggle, we take that so personally and we can't hold that space because we're like, but that we make it mean something about us because we've planted a piece of us in them. And so when they shake, we're like, well, that's maybe I'm not good enough. Whereas when you've done this work and and you've really found that home within, that sanctuary within, when they're going through a little shake and they're facing a challenge, which of course they will, they're human, we don't make it mean anything about us and therefore we can hold the space. We become capable of holding that space 
without it being clingy or without it being like, but like I'll hold space for you, but like, what does this mean about me? And then we start, and this is where we can end up just starting to spiral each other downward. We put up our defenses and we can start saying things or doing things that we don't truly mean or truly feel. And it's all because we've got our own worthiness, our own identity all tangled up with theirs. And so this work is really the work of disentanglement. And as you disentangle enough, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I suddenly can hold so much space for this person and it's not impacting me and what I believe about myself because I've found what is true about me. And so now I'm so capable. And this is where this work is definitely not selfish when you spend time getting to know yourself because then you can do the ultimate selfless act and truly hold space, not hold space with an agenda, not hold space because you think it makes you more worthy, not hold space because I need to, otherwise maybe they won't love me anymore, but literally just hold space from the love of your heart and the purity of your being and just be that, be there for that person, which then comes back to you tenfold in the way that they learn to hold space for you in the same way. And so, you know, that is really, I think, the most beautiful uh, outcome of this inner work is your relationships. And that's something I did not expect, Deb, I did not expect that at all. And even when I first got the gene keys and I started digging in and I saw that the second sequence was all about relationships, I was like, well, I don't need that one. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm all good there, you know, no problems there. And then it turned out to be the biggest gift of all was just that shift and, and just having a completely different experience in relationship, in all of them. Every single one of them. Isn't it interesting how when you get to that stage that you can actually choose what sort of an experience you have, no matter what is actually happening with the other person, and you can bring and open up space to yourself to bring playfulness back in with it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to to open that up and to get to that stage is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Fucking phenomenal is absolutely but it takes, takes a while to get there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does because, and, and the Gene Keys teaches us this in the order of the sequences, right? The relationship sequence, the Venus sequence, it's the second sequence. Yeah. You first move through four Gene Keys, which are your four prime gifts that ground you in, your life's work, your evolution, your radiance, and your purpose. You move through those first to ground in like if you were a table, those are your four legs. <laughs> and as you ground in those four legs, suddenly, whoa, I've created this stability within me. I know this gifting within me. I have a deeper sense of purpose around why I'm here and why I'm alive, which then allows you to start holding space. That's the space, the table. It's the space where people can come and sit. People can come and sit around the table. But if you haven't grounded in those legs yet and they're all wonky and maybe one's missing, you invite people around the table you put food on it shit's going everywhere and then everyone's <laughs> blaming each other why is the table like this what's happening there and you're like oh I'll bloody go home then you know this is like the perfect example and so you've got to get your legs sturdy first but in saying that while you're getting your legs sturdy 
your relationships are already starting to grow and flourish. You know, as you're working on leg one, it's still getting better, but you know, it takes that time and we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with the people around us and it all just comes back to bless us so much in the end. It's incredible, isn't it? It really is. I, I know. Like it's taken me a while to get my head around all of the work that we've been doing really comes back to that. Yeah. <laughs> it just absolutely you can make it so complex hello there's, there's the shadow of my life's work Jinky. complexity <laughs> debbie's a 23 <laughs> you can make it so complex with it can't you okay. so my next question is going to be a business related one actually Ooh, yes but it's going to have a bit of a twist because i know that you've you've set this up as a business but Somebody who's actually looking at doing leadership for a business Mm. um, and how would that, how would the Gene Keys help them be able to move forward and become a better leader? Oh, what a beautiful question. A beautiful question. Um, Well, you know, I almost feel... um, I've just got to own it. I think that I've stepped into quite beautiful leadership. Yes, you have. Um, through my business. However, I think that I had to go through a lot of peeling back shadows to get to this place of being able to be in this place of leadership and being able to be in a place of being being able to attract the right people to you because I think that's that's the first most important thing in order to be that leader, it, first it's like, well, who am I leading? Yes. And and who do I want to be leading? Um, and we can only truly attract the right people by first igniting ourselves, by first igniting this is who I am, stepping into our authenticity. So I think for the last you know, eight coming up nine years of my deep inner work, I've really been working on igniting that authenticity in me. And the gene keys have definitely come in and blown a fire up under that. But it started a long while before that. And as more of my true self came online and my true self came online as I disentangled from all of the false truths, all of the stuff that I thought was me, but actually wasn't all of the bits that I was told I was who actually wasn't who I was. And as I peeled those back, I created space for my true gifts and my true personality to come through. And as I've been unapologetic and showing up in that, I have uh, my attractor field has just gone nuts and just magnetized people like you, Deb. People like Lizzie, people like Megan, people like Tiffany and Ginger and like all of these beautiful Mary Beth and Randy and all of these incredible women inside the journey home and Alice and Julie and like (laughs) I can just keep going with the names. Christine, like there's just so many. Elizabeth, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to stop now. So (laughs) many of these women, they have come into the space because I showed up as my authentic self and because they were attracted in through my authenticity, they're actually the right fit for my style of leadership, for my style of sort of blazing away. 
And so I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything or trying to onboard people. I'm just being myself and whoever shows up is who's meant to show up. Mm. And so I think that really helps because we can we can get leadership wrong in thinking it just means to be dominant, to tell people what to do and who to be. Like, I'm not here to do that at all. I'm here to help you find out who you are and who you want to be. And I think that one of the most important aspects of uh, potent leadership is trust. Trust, trusting first in who you are and your path, which then you can trust in your attractor field, which means you can trust in the people who come into your space, which then means you can trust how that wants to unfold. And as that unfolds, the people rise to the top that you know. Uh, and when I say the top, I don't mean hierarchy. I mean like I'm sort of, for some reason, I'm seeing a thing of milk. <laughs> some people <laughs> rise to the top of the milk, up on the cream, who, who are so clearly ready for, for leadership themselves that I can then sort of take under my wing in a way, but then in a trusting way, not in a let me take you and sh- and form you into another me. It's like, no, let me bring you in. I see your genius coming through. I want you to go, boom, take that genius, go, go, go. And that's like that synergy um, that true business leadership is. And you know, in the Gene Keys, I keep thinking of authority, which is Gene Key 21. It's not in my chart. It's in Lizzie's chart. Um, but I love this Gene Key because it talks about, it goes from control to authority. That's the shadow control and authority. And it talks about the fact that a true person of authority is the person who is happy to let go of their authority. Yes. A true person of leadership is the person who is happy to let go of it all. Mm-hmm. And that's when you sort of become elected by the people as the leader. And But then there is never one leader. A true leader knows that it's just the season that they're in and they're just on an equal playing field with everyone else. You know, for me, one of the most important things in the way that I like to do business is no hierarchies. No hierarchies. I'm not sitting at the top on a throne and then everyone's underneath. We're just all around the campfire. We're all in the village and everyone's genius is just as potent as my genius. That's the most important thing. I think that's the most important thing of leadership and that's what the Gene Keys has taught me. The Gene Keys hasn't taught me just to see my own genius but to see other people's genius. And that's really how I navigate a lot of things. As I see someone sort of rising in themselves and they're ready to bring their voice because it takes, it. you come to a certain point where you've ignited enough of your genius that then it's wanting to flow out as service. And we're all at different points on that journey. And I can see when someone is ready to flow into service and then I know what their genius is by their profile and just knowing them. And so I just sort of nudge them in that direction of, of their genius, but then trust them to make that look however they want it to look. And so I think the Gene Keys really helps us in that way. You know, um, it's incredible, like an incredible tool for business owners. I mean, that pearl sequence and they're expanding it into the star pearl in 2024, where it teaches us about 
culture, how we can best run the culture of our businesses, how we can best approach prosperity, how we can best um, lead teams, how we can best take our role in what we're here to bring the world, how we can brand ourselves to be in authenticity. Like it's all in the jinkies, right? But that, how we just talked about relationships, how that comes second in the sequence, the prosperity comes after the relationships. And so often we go, okay, I want to prosper. Let me start there. Let me start with how do I prosper? But it's like, no, no, no. You need to activate your genius first, understand who you are, ground in your core stability, then move into your relationships, truly open your heart to life, and then you will prosper. Then you can attract and and lead and all of this. Like that's when it really comes through. And so um yeah, I have loved, I've really, really, really leaned into the gene keys in terms of business and have used it as like my North star, like my, it's like being my compass of how do I do this? How do I navigate this? You know, the fairy chrome mothers and the well maidens and me branching out to bring you and some of the other women in as guides, that is a direct result of my gene keys because my culture sphere is 15.4 which is magnetism, which is all about a microbiome, like nature itself growing and weaving and creating an ecosystem. And then line four is a network. So I'm meant to create a network of other thriving trees and and that's what the Well Maidens is. And as I continue to grow, that's always going to inform that growth. And it's like this point I can come back to, to like, ah, and then I can come back to some of the gene keys around leadership to make sure I'm not... I'm not sort of starting to drown in arrogance or pride or control or dominance, you know, having this understanding of that language and being on the lookout for it really helps me in continuing to just through my lifestyle and the way I run my business, always be redirecting course, um, you know, because that's important. I think about leadership too, never thinking that you're beyond the shadows, <laughs> never thinking that, well, I've done the work now. I'm good to go. Ah, uh, Hell no, it continues. And if you want to be leading a group of women doing inner work, well, you as a leader need to be doing the most work of all, right? You need to, you don't get qualified once and then you're done. You know, this is like when I was a teacher, yes, you get qualified as a teacher, but then you have to do 120 hours of um, professional development a year to keep your teaching degree. Mm. It's the same with anything. You've got to keep like, I'm always going to be the example, always. Mm. And that's what I'm committed to being, the example of the vulnerability and the inner work and the peeling back the layers and the sitting with the discomfort and all of that, I think. That's so important for leadership and and the Gene Keys is absolutely, almost solely showing me the way. Oh, that blows me away, Hayley. Um, I've got a son who's going to go into a role like that and you've just answered everything that <laughs> <laughs> that I was hoping you would answer there. Oh. It, is, it is that goddamn important. <laughs> mm is that important you know what else amazes me with the the janky work that you do and the amount of women that you work with is there's not one of us that doesn't feel like you're inside our heads <laughs> oh 
my God. The amount of boxes I get. And even like once someone's finished a container with me, they'll box and they'll be like, so I've been hearing you in my head all day telling me this and this and this. Uh, no wonder I'm so exhausted, Deb. I'm living in all of these other people's bodies. Well, honey, you've been in mine what, for, t- for two days now. <laughs> uh, what have I been telling you, Deb, the last two days? Actually, it's been really interesting. You've been telling me just to hold space mm-hmm. and to really anchor into my core stability mm-hmm. because other people's triggers aren't what other people do that used to trigger me don't necessarily have to trigger me now. I have a choice. Yeah. And I keep going back to, I think it's my radiance. Is it radiance? Reactions, your radiance. Yeah. Yeah, I go back to there all the time. And I'm Mm -hmm. just, my four spheres around the outside, I keep going back to every single one. And there'll be one bloody word that comes along and just triggers me and it goes, oh, shit, look at that. There's reaction Mm -hmm. again. Yeah or there's intolerance, or there's turbulence, you know, yeah. or there's complexity. Yeah. And it's just there's one word. Mm. And so it's been interesting because you and I have been on this journey for a little while now. Yeah. And it's just amazing how you've been in my head going, really, Debbie, you have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, that's like, you're hearing me in your head, but what you're really hearing is like the archetypal energy that I hold, yeah. right? And that's my service. I'm I'm really rooted in that archetypal energy of my gene keys. And so then that's, that's speaking through you because like activating that part in you so then you can become your own guide, you know? Isn't that just, I love oh, that. It's phenomenal because I know I've listened to you quite a lot lately where you've you said I don't tell you what to do but I guide you mm. you know I show you the way but yeah. then it's up to you to do it yeah yeah and you know until we actually get that it's, it can be a really hard road yeah but once we get it yeah once that lands with us it's like well holy shit mm. <laughs> it's just yeah. it blows me away the other thing I wanted to um ask you about as well and I'm only like I've been around Gene Keys for a while now and I didn't really get this until just lately. The lines of each single, you know, sphere are yeah. so goddamn important and I didn't really get that until, well, this time around, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, they seem to give you a deeper look into yourself, a deeper way, way in to find everything and to how we work. Yeah. Um, I, I know I don't even know what my what my question is going to be here, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to know from you. I suppose I know it's important, but how important is it? Mm. Oh yes, okay, great question, Debbie. I'm so glad you brought this up. So, just for the listeners, the lines is the number that comes after your gene key in any sphere. So, for example, Debbie's a 23 life's work, but she's a 23.1. And there are six different lines. So she could be a 23.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, or 0.6. And depending on what line you have with what gene key, it gives a completely different lens at which to look through that gene key. So, and when you ask Debbie, how important are they? Oh, sometimes they can bring you more breakthrough and transformation than the gene key. Yep. 
honestly, they can. And I even, um, I got to listen to Richard, uh, I think it was part of the guides training where Richard did a gene key reading Mm -hmm. on a person without any keys, only lines. Oh, wow. And he went through and described the whole person's life based on their lines. And it's just, you can, and I can do the same. I can take someone's lines. And when I'm talking with someone and they're brand new to the gene keys, and they want to know a little something about like, oh, is is she just bullshitting me here? Is there actually something in this? I often will give them a little bit of something from their line because they'll be like, holy shit, how do you know me? (laughs) Because I'm like, it's your line, baby. You will always really see it. And I see the line coming through a lot in the way in which you approach life. So the gene key is going to be the journey. The gene key is like the storyline. Right. So your Gene Key 23 has a storyline. It's co- from complexity to simplicity. And so that storyline is going to be the one of decluttering both externally and internally. It's the storyline of letting go of accumulation. It's the storyline of bringing things back to simplicity. But depending on what line is with that, alters the story. So for you as a line one, It's going to be about internal accumulation. It's going to be about like with yourself and um, accumulating maybe thoughts around your self-esteem that need to be decluttered, accumulating just stuff around you. For a line two, they might be accumulating relationships and going from person to person to person. They might be overcomplicating their passions in life and like, I'm doing this, but I'm doing this, They could overcomplicate that way. A line three is going to overcomplicate change. They're going to overcomplicate um, like being able to live somewhere because it's going to be so complex and they'll accumulate too much stuff, but then they love to travel and then it's too hard and, oh, no, I'm really wanting to go away, but I've got all of these dogs and chickens and fucking cats and how I can't go and now I'm stuck and now uh, it's going to be about that. Then for a line four, they're going to – for a line four, they're going to complicate their service. They're going to complicate their love. They're going to complicate um, the relationship between solitude and community. And it's going to be hard for them. A line five is going to overcomplicate um, their leadership. They're going to overcomplicate their, their power and how, you know, if they're trying to bring a business into the world, they're going to get trapped in all of the details that don't even fucking matter and the complexity will stop them. Then they're going to feel like a piece of shit because they're not impacting the world because they overcomplicated it. And then a line six will will overcomplicate in their vision for the world and they're going to think that it's too complex so why even bother fucking trying? And then they'll likely fall into a depression and like, ah, uh, right? <laughs> so... I love that. That's one gene key through six different lines. Um, And so, you know, the lines are so important, but you, you sometimes you won't pick them up until the second time round, because I think the first time round, as you're diving into your into a sequence, especially just that first four, because you, when you're first diving into the gene keys, there's just the excitement of just being in the fucking gene keys. There's the excitement of all the language and the videos and the, whoa, I'm seeing the shadow and I'm seeing this, holy shit, and diving into the book and listening to Richard and it's all very exciting. And at that point, we're so excited by the gene key 
that we can just forget about the line. And that's totally okay because you will come back around eventually and you'll look at that line and you'll be like, in Debbie's words, well, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, fuck me. That line, holy shit. And then you start digging in there. But you can do them simultaneously and that's really the style of guidance I do, especially in my one-to-ones. It's much easier when you're like one-to-one with someone, like I dig in. I'm all, I'm bringing back in that line because they will forget. And then I'll be like, yeah, that's very line five of you. That's very line six of you. How about, and then they go, oh yes, you're so right. How did I not see it was my line, whatever. And so, you know, that's where that guidance can be very helpful to put all of these puzzle pieces together, which can be difficult to do on your own. But if you are doing it on your own, they'll just keep dropping. There's no rush. It's okay. Like Deb, you're a year, just over a year into your gene key journey. And so a year later, that line's really dropping. However, I would like to remind you that a year ago when you were first digging in, you had so many epiphanies about your line one. You know, it was dropping. But now it's just dropping deeper and now you're going, oh, my God, I'm seeing that at play. You know, like my lines support me so much because I'm a 5'1". So I'm like that impact, leadership, making, you know, practicality, bringing stuff to the world on one hand in my life's work. But then in my in my health and my purpose, I'm a line one, which is very solitude, introspective. It's like my physicality. And so that's sort of my equal parts, extrovert and introvert. And it's just given me so much permission to hold that balance because our lines in our activation sequence are the first point of conflict we have within ourselves. Because on one hand, like for you, Deb, on one hand, you're this line one who just likes to dig in and just ah oh, wants to create stuff, wants to know the depths of things, the nuts and the bolts, who could just sit there and write all fucking day, never talk to another person. But then on the other hand, you're a line three in your radiance, in your purpose. And so you want to be interacting. You want to be around the campfire with people. You want to travel to different places. And If we're not fully aware of those two parts of ourselves, they can live in opposition to each other. And I'm sure you've experienced them in opposition where you're like, oh, no, like I spent too long in my journal. Now I'm (laughs) feeling unfulfilled in my interactions. And then you go too far into your interactions and you go, oh, no, I didn't hold enough space to spend time with me. And we can spend our whole life going to and fro between those two points in our Gene Key profile without realizing that, holy shit, they are both important parts of me and how can I hold the two of them? And you can do that without even looking at what gene key lays there, just the lines. And so, yeah, to answer your question, Deb, it's <laughs> so important. <laughs> but they will come through when they're meant to come through. You know, there's no rush that we have to understand them right now. It'll be at the right part of the journey that they start to drop and they'll just keep opening up like a flower, just like the, just like the keys do. You know, I've been thinking about this for a while now. How excited you must get when you see it starting to drop for, for people. Ugh. <laughs> like, that must be off the Richter scale for you because, like, Ugh. I can see what's happening for me. And I know that you, you, you tell us all this stuff to start with and it takes a while for us to absorb it all. Mm. But when we start to do I, – I, and I – I quite often watch you when we're sitting around a campfire and stuff and you see something drop and your <laughs> eyes just light up and I'm like, oh, my God, there you go. Obviously, 
Haley's known that's going to be happening for a while now. <laughs> oh man, Deb. Yes. Like I think part of my gift is I can see things before you can see them yeah. and can see the pieces and know that they're meant to click in, but I can't click them in for you. I can just show you the pieces and um, seeing those things land and the beauty of the way in which I do this work and the women I get to work with, I get to, I get to experience those drop moments, those click in moments in other women's lives every single day, every single day. And any point where I feel like I might be failing or if I feel like I'm not doing good enough, all I need to do is just go and look in my boxer or just sit in that for a second and be like, Haley, there's nothing better than this. Yeah. This is what it's about. And that is what it's about for me. Seeing it land is what it is about for me, whether that be it landing in someone who invested in an expensive container with me or it landing in someone who just dropped into my DMs. I shared a voice note and then they're back in tears being like, I've just unlocked something in my life. That's just as important to me. It doesn't matter. Like, or if it's sitting with a friend who's not even in a client or in my business, you know, it's, that's what it is for me. That's what I'm here for. That is my purpose, you know, and we share the same purpose, Gene Key, Debbie and I, I should have said that at the start. <laughs> we share the same radiance and purpose, different lines though, but we're both 49 fours. So Debbie and I, our purpose is understanding. Yeah. And I mean, when I described how I feel about you, Deb, I said, you just understand me. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, of course, <laughs> it's a purpose, Gene Key. Um, and then we've got the city of forgiveness. Like we are here to bring forgiveness to the world, to ourselves, to our relationships. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Hey, I want to know this, this one's going to be completely like, well, not completely off track, but definitely a little bit off track. Oh, no problem. (laughs) So for the last couple of years, I've done this ritual at the end of the year where I stop and sit down and answer a few questions looking back over the year. Mm. You do something like that as well? I don't have anything like that I religiously do. I do enjoy a shift of season. I really do. However, Bevan and I were just, was it Bevan and I or me and Megan? No, it was Megan and I getting Megan mixed up with my husband. Um (laughs) We're talking yesterday about this. I love, I love that change of season. I love the moon. I love a new year, a new month and whatever. How, but I think there's a fine line between loving it and falling victim to it where then we wait. It needs to be the new moon to intention set. It needs to be the new year to set a, you know, a resolution. It needs to be, or like, oh my gosh, it is a full moon. I have to, I have to do this. It's the new year. I have to do a a audit. And so as much as I do, I love those things and I partake in some of those things when it feels right. I just partake in them whenever myself fucking calls me to do it, Deb. You know, like if I'm sitting there on a Tuesday and it's the bloody 17th of May, I don't know, is that, that's close to your birthday. Um, 
<laughs> and it's like the 17th of May and I want to do an audit of my last 12 months. I'm going to do it then instead of waiting and thinking I've got to be on the 31st of fucking December to change my life. You know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I and love so, it. yeah, I do. I love a ritual, but I like to live from my heart. Bevan and I even do this in our relationship. We don't do Christmas presents. We don't do birthday presents. Not that we don't because we can, because if my heart called me to do it, then I will. But we're like, well, I'll just buy you something when I'm feeling called to buy you something. I'm just going to love on you randomly because it, it feels more potent sometimes. And so, I yeah, it. I do. I But, you know, New Year, I do like doing stuff like that at New Year. And I know that other people like doing stuff like that at New Year. So I do accommodate for my community as well. We are doing a vision thing. Um, it's being released yeah. in the next week or so. We are doing a vision thing in, in January. Um, but, yeah, never wait for it, though. Do you know, it's, I think, when I like I've never done this until last year and this year I've never done it and for me it, it just it showed me how far I've come yeah holy hell that was so potent and what I thought last year were my barriers my blocks my fears <laughs> they're not even on my radar this year holy moly <laughs> and that's why I just thought I'd ask you that because like I'm, I'm actually in the process of doing that at the moment and it, mm -hmm. I've never gone back and actually had a look at it until mm. this year. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, if you ever want to know how far you've come. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I do that. I just go back to an old journal. You know, if I ever want to see that, I just grab a journal from a couple of years ago, flip to a random page and be like, holy shit, look at me now. <laughs> you know? I haven't done that yet, but I reckon I'm going to do that too. Yeah, because it becomes... Yeah, it, it's a fine line. I love these things. And, you know, writing a letter to yourself on the first day of the year and then opening at the end of the year, that's mm. beautiful. I love that. It can really add to your life. But mm. I also see those things trapping people mm. in like seasonal inner work instead of it being part of your life, mm. you know, like um, that's another thing that uh, – Megan and I were talking about yesterday. I think it was like, oh, I'm only mystical on Sundays, you know, or church is only on Sundays. Um, you know, church is every day of the week. That's exactly right, isn't it? And so that's where you you see your seasonal um, inner workers around this time of year who are gearing up for a New Year's resolution that they'll might never look at again for the rest of the year. It's like, yeah, it's a balance. Do these things because you love doing them, but go to church every day. And when I say church, I mean your inner church. <laughs> I'm, you. I'm absolutely here. I do go to church every damn day, mate. Every day of the week. Hey, um, <laughs> I was just thinking about this too. I was thinking about coexistence like what you're doing with your in-laws mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, how how that how that looks and things like that so for me next year my eldest son and his husband's going to come home and and live with us yeah and I can see that that was going to have its challenges as well as its blessings yeah and I just wanted to know how you actually handle handle doing that because I think that's one of the biggest challenges that there is yeah to coexist, to coexist with yeah you know, 
with people. I And I think it's really interesting that when I tell people that I've been living with my in-laws for over a year, that they can't seem to comprehend how that's possible. <laughs> and I think, you know, and that's it speaks to a, where we're at as humanity. Yeah. In our ability to coexist with one another. Um, so, you know, yeah, I've been here. We did a four and a half month chunk when we first moved to New Zealand, but now I've been living here for 18 months straight. Wow. Um, and it's a small house. And there's a three by one, share a bathroom, hosh bang. And we have had no issues. That's We've had no issues in 18 months. And I think this, you know, this just as much speaks to Bevan's parents as it speaks to Bevan and I, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, if they were assholes and <laughs> like were being really annoying or if they were fighting all the time, I would likely be like, get me out of here. And so, you know, this might not be everyone's um, everyone's situation. I know that some people might have in-laws that are really hard to be around. However, just in any co-living existence and, you know, being in your, I'm in my early 30s, Bevan's in his late 30s, living with your parents is never going to be an easy thing. And so we just take radical self-responsibility, you know, and I just refuse. This is the number one thing. I just refuse to be a victim of my environment. I just won't do it, Deb. I won't bloody have it (laughs) because (laughs) I could easily do that if I wanted to. Oh, Bevan, I need my own space. You know, I can't, I can't live without my own space. And at one point I thought that was true. I thought that was true at one point in my life. I needed my own space to survive. And that's just bullshit. That was my own victim mentality. Of course, I'm looking forward to having our own space. But in the meantime, you better bloody believe I'm not going to miss a minute of magic in my own life while I wait. I you know, it's that's like Gene Keith Five. It's not just about waiting, but it's about waiting patiently and then being able to experience so much magic while you wait. And so... You know, and just allowing things to self-organize. So just what each other does is just naturally come through. So I I naturally enjoy cooking. And so I cook almost every weeknight. I cook for everyone. That's my thing that I do. Um, Bevan cleans up after dinner. That's just what he does. Bevan's dad, he does the lawns and does all of the bits and pieces around the house Bevan's mum she does the the cleaning and um you know and there was never any discussion over what that needed to look like it just sort of naturally self-organized based on who we are as people um and but then everyone just takes responsibility for their own self and their own space and and uh, just for me knowing that I can be just as much myself no matter where I am because I used to believe that I had to be in a certain environment around certain people around certain energy to be able to be me and then I realized holy shit that's just being a victim (laughs) and so you know like even my journaling space is in the hallway I don't have room to be locked away behind closed doors like I used to I used to get on my floor and cry and like 
dance around and sing and have my music blasting every morning while I'm in the shower. I don't do any of that at the moment because I'm just being respectful. But do I have any less breakthrough? No, because I'm refusing to fall victim to that. And so I sit in my little space at the end of the hallway. I light my candle and I cry my eyes out at my journal, not afraid of what someone might think of me if they walk past and see me crying. Not afraid of what Bevan's dad might think when he sees me with my oracle cards, probably thinking that I'm absolutely cooked. But it doesn't matter because (laughs) that actually doesn't matter because I'm like, I have those thoughts like, oh, maybe I should wait until they're gone to do that. But I'm like, no, because I'm just putting off being myself and I'm not going to postpone living my fucking life. And so, and when I do that, that blesses everyone. And when Bevan does that, that blesses everyone. And when his parents do that, that blesses everyone, just for everyone to to be themselves and to hold space. But there's, you know, yeah, it's interesting. It's been a really great season of my life. I've learned a lot about myself. I've had to work through um, a lot of my, because my purpose shadow, just like yours, Deb, is intolerance. And then I've got my radiant shadow of reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and not that, not that Bevan's family have anything that's really intolerant. No matter who we are around, we will find something to be intolerant about, right? You can be with the love of your freaking life and you will find something to be intolerant about. So it's not about them. It's about me. And so going through a season that might be a bit more difficult living at your in-law's house is actually a gifted opportunity of some of the biggest growth that I can have I love that and so I've just I've taken that in my stride and I've just been all in on that I've been all in on that and I've loved it and um I feel so at home here you know when we first moved here I didn't know Bevan's parents from a bar of bloody soap dip I'd met them at my wedding and a couple of other times didn't know them and suddenly I'm living with them and I was so uncomfortable um, just as I got to know them, like I didn't feel like I felt bad to even open a cupboard to try and find where a dish was. And now this is home to me. I love that. Like this is home. Um, and I know Bevan's parents love that too, that I feel at home. And so, um, yeah, but I could have easily not felt at home, Deb, easily. Yeah. And that would have been all on me. That would have been all on me. I love that. You don't know how many questions you just answered there that I had on my list. (laughs) (laughs) No idea. (laughs) But I do have one here, but still on this um, on this topic. Mm. Where what would you suggest? And I'm and I'm going to like this is what I'm going through at the moment. So I'd love to know what you would suggest to do in this situation. Where um, you know I get up like sparrow fart of the morning like, <laughs> yes the other day deb's like oh no i slept in i'm like debbie it's 5 16 a.m <laughs> it's, like, it's a it's a bad day if i haven't been up at half past three or four o'clock every single morning yeah um and so the seasons have changed where the light happens a little bit earlier so i'm finding that people are waking up a lot earlier yeah which means <laughs> that my time that I spend is getting a lot more interrupted. Mm-hmm. So hello, here's the, oh my God, <laughs> shadow victim pattern that's happening here, isn't it? 
Continue um, with your question. My mind is already coming up with solutions. I know. And 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 then as I'm sort of phrasing this out, like the answers are like rolling. You're answering your own question. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. But anybody who's ha- having trouble where they're finding that they're getting interrupted or um yeah, or really struggling. Mm. You know, because I think for me, I've had this carved out in my life for so long now and this time is actually being really challenged again Mm. um where it wasn't before yeah but it is now which is just another one of those steps in our journey yeah um what do you suggest that and how do we go about making sure that we are still true to ourselves and still do that without I suppose um making the other people or person feel less Mm, yeah great question great question and I think different seasons of our inner work call for different answers to that question Mm. because as you know Deb when you're more in the beginning phases you really need to be committed Mm. and before you've really opened your heart and before you really know who you are you just need to keep showing up Mm. (laughs) because if you don't life will just pull you back into its wind. Mm. And so there are seasons where you really do need that stronger commitment and you, and we communicate that to our loved ones in a loving, grounded way of saying like, I'm really needing to do this for me, but also I'm doing this for you just as much. And, you know, having that conversation around like, how could we maybe sort this out so that you can support me in this and I can support you at the same time. Like what can that look like, you know, and then grounding into like solidifying that time and being quite ruthless with it. There's a season for that. Yeah. But then there is another, well, there's many other seasons, but I feel like the season that you're in um, where once you've grounded in enough of that, you can invite flexibility back in mm. and there becomes a new balance. Because the because when we're so off balance and we're just fucking a leaf floating in the wind, anxious, unsure, overwhelmed, exhausted, to reattach the leaf to the tree, you need to be quite adamant of like, no, I am showing up. Once you're reconnected to the tree, if you just remain really adamant and really strict, that can actually start to erode away at the tree right that can actually start to um it it's outgrowing its purpose because if the purpose was to get to really know love and understand yourself once you know that well then the next purpose becomes your relationships and so if I'm just like well no nothing else matters except this time which did at a certain time in your life now maybe it isn't the most important thing and so this willingness to start to morph and mold what once was necessary that has now just become a comfort Mm. right because it wasn't comfortable in the beginning when you started carving out that time you know it would have been very uncomfortable and like you dug in and then we can almost get complacent and comfortable with that and then we've become a victim to our own inner work time (laughs) Where I'm yep. like, okay, well, now I need this to survive. And it's like, no, actually, I don't. I've got to acknowledge how far I've come, how much I know, love, and understand myself. And now I can be more flexible. That doesn't mean throwing it out. 
it means, okay, well, if it is going to shift a bit and that time of day where I used to do it doesn't work every day, maybe it works some days. And so I'll take those and I'll be fully there. And on the days when it doesn't, I'm fully in that too. And then maybe if it can't be on any day, then there comes the initiation into a new season of going, all right, how can I make this work in another portion of my day? Because we can get so attached to our routines that we think that they must look like that for them to thrive. And so just being open, I think just being open to trusting that life will bring you the pauses. And so when you get up in the morning, if that pause is available, take it and love it. That's what I do. If I get up and that pause is available, I take it and I love it. And then I am open at all other times, which I used to not be. I was only open at that time in the morning before I did anything else. And then there was no other time I would even consider doing any inner work. Whereas now, like even last night, after dinner we'd cleaned up and whatever and Bevan came into the bedroom and he goes oh do you want to watch some friends and I was like I just checked in with my heart and I was like actually I think I might just do some jinky stuff tonight and he's like awesome I'll do my trading stuff and so then I sat there on the bed and I dug into the jinkies for an hour and a half last night because I just trusted that life would tell me when that time was and it beautifully worked in with him too love that Whereas if he came in and I could see that he was maybe a little stressed or he came in and I could see that um, he just had a really hard day and he just needed to be with his wife watching a bit of friends having a laugh, my open heart would have been like, that is, that's my priority right now. And I wouldn't have even done the gene keys because being with him and supporting him and holding space in the way that we were talking about before is just as much inner work. Mm as looking at the gene keys is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But that only comes at a certain season. Isn't it incredible how we, when we start this journey, that there is so many different seasons? Mm. You hit a season and you go, oh, well, shit, now what do I do? Um, and you've got to, like, make this pivot. Yes. To make it all work again. Yeah, yeah. So fascinating. Yeah, because we we come in with an expectation that we're going to find the way and then we will live in that way for the end of our days. (laughs) And we find out that that was never the goal. It's life comes in waves and you've just got to ride the waves. You've got to, you know, be the surfer, but you've got to learn to surf first, Mm -hmm. right? And while you're learning to surf, you need to be committed to that journey for your own safety because you can't be out there surfing big waves if you don't know how to surf you're going to fucking drown oh exactly right and so you took your season where you learned how to surf Mm. and so now instead of trying to show up to the surf school every morning just have your board under your arm and just be ready to surf the waves that that show themselves you know the way i see it is that the gene keys actually lead us back into life Yes. That's how I see it. Mm. Because like for so long with my chronic illness and things, I shut down and I just became numb to the world. Mm. I I went into myself and 
I've, I've just, I don't know, the, the gene keys have just been a way for me to be able to come back out into life. Yeah. And it's when you get to that point when you're in the gene keys and you go, well, well, fuck me. <laughs> well, fuck me. That's, that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed mm. to use the gene keys to actually learn to live again. Yes. And that's the whole point. This is, it says on the front of the book, Debbie, the gene keys, embracing your higher purpose. And your higher purpose is always going to be through service. But that service can only come out of you once you have gone in to activate it. And so we have that first season of going in where we might really pull back from social things, where we might smallen our social circle, where we might spend a lot more time at home, where we might say no to certain things so that we can dig in. And then there comes a certain point where those gifts are starting to be ignited that you can't not come back out into the world. Like you don't choose to come back out into the world. It chooses you and you can't help it because this is the natural byproduct of true transformation. If it's not bringing you back out into the world through service, it's not, is it real transformation? Is it real light or is it just the promise of the light? Right? Like that's the question. And so, um, yeah, and that's what I've absolutely experienced too. And I actually got called back to the world through my own inner work before I found the gene keys. And then when I found the gene keys, I sort of went back in a little bit again. I was like, oh, hang on a second. (laughs) And then then I emerged once more. Um, And then that becomes, once you've gone through that season, then it becomes a lifestyle. So then it's the wave. When the wave ebbs, you're in and then out, you're out. And that happens consistently throughout your day instead of it being a chunky season of being underground, you know. And But then life will call you into those seasons sometimes when you're ready to go through a really big breakthrough. As you know, I'm going through one at the moment and I'm sort of in, yes, I'm still in my service and I'm still out there, but to a degree I you know I'm very like I'm very inward at the moment because I'm in another one of those breakthrough moments and then it's going to surge like a wave out again and who knows what I'm bloody going to do next from this one oh Hayley that that describes my life so it does Mm, mm -hmm. like comes in and then you just you got to channel it right in and you've got to go with it and you've got to follow those breadcrumbs no matter whether they get you up at freaking two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you just got to do it. And then all of a sudden it just releases and you have the most massive, massive breakthroughs. Totally. You know, and I know, we know when you're going through something like that, when I say we, I mean the, the fairy crone mothers because you've got our little group and whenever Deb's not being there, oh. all you bastards we might leave that in the podcast boys Stephen (laughs) Stephen Stephen you dick don't interrupt fluffy and (laughs) (laughs) but no no that's enough go lie down go lie down yes mum go lie down it may be Jill Home, but if it is, then I'll move. Um, 
Yes. So we will know, Debbie, because if you're just not there for a prolonged amount of time and you've just gone through one of these, um, and Megan might be like, where's Deb? And I'll be like, she's having a breakthrough. (laughs) I don't even, you don't even have to tell me that, but I just know you are because I see your energy go. And I know that you're coming through something and then you'll be back. And that's just, that's how it works. (laughs) Energetically, that's how it works. But then because you're a line one in your life's work, it's very much how it works. Mm. You talk about wanting to know the nuts and bolts of things. My mum and dad used to say to me when I was a child, you've got to always know every bloody thing, haven't you? (laughs) I'm like, well, yeah, you've got to know how it works, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how like when, if we really stop and have a look at um, the things that our parents used to say to us. I think they used to think I was a bit of a sticky beak, really. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, that's a piece of valuable information because that actually directly relates to the line. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? So, you know, for other people, they can go back and really have a look at what was said to them and mm-hmm. relate that to the lines. Absolutely. Like there's just, oh, there is so much we can dig into in terms of that. And then you're a line one in your EQ and your IQ as well. So like even the way in which you deal with your emotions and the way in which your mind will try and undermine you through your emotions, it's always going to be this very internal, contemplative, like this self-esteem kind of feel to it. And so, yeah, I mean, that is such a, as you know, that is a very deep conversation that you can go into about childhood and how all of this impacts the inner yeah. road. But like, I love that you speak to that because it's just, mm, yeah, absolutely. It's one of my one of my moments that I've had in the last little while as well. Hey, um, when are you heading back to Australia? Well, Debbie, <laughs> you coming back down under, babe? Yeah, we are coming back down under, um, but. It's, it's weird because right now it's the 20th of December today, which is my dad's birthday, by the way, and my nephew's birthday. It's a special day. Um, 20th of December, we're meant, we have to be back by March, mm-hmm. but does not feel like I am moving country in less than three months. <laughs> I was wondering. Whatsoever. Um, because we are, Bevan is restoring a bus at the moment and all of our money is in this bus. And we cannot move until that bus is sold. And so he hasn't even finished it yet, let alone have we put it up to be sold. And so this is just the ultimate uh, challenge of trust and we're just not letting it bother us. We're like, hey, we'll get there when we bloody get there. (laughs) But we do have to be there because we've got our um, Bevan's best friend's wedding, who he's the best man for, and then I am the celebrant so we have to be at that bloody wedding dip <laughs> that's special isn't it and that's the 21st of march so um we have to be there by then um but if the bus hasn't sold we'll go and bevan will come back to new zealand tie up loose ends and then he'll send the dogs to me and everything but yeah there is this new season upon me that i just it hasn't really dropped in yet i found it difficult when we first decided to move because then I felt kind of stretched between two places because I like to be right where I am. And so there was this six-week period after we'd first decided we were moving, which was back in May, 
where I was like, how do I be here knowing that it's over soon? Um, And that was a brilliant time of more breakthrough because it just grounded me even deeper into the present moment to the point where I just forget. (laughs) I forget that I'm moving in like two and a half months. I'm just here and this is home. And when I move there, then I'll be there. (laughs) And that'll be home, you know, like, yeah, it's just... Mm, it's quite incredible how it just doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's incredible the different seasons that we go through in our lives. Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? Like I know that I'm shifting into a different season now, being older, going into retirement, going into travel and, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff. But you know what really gets me is that how we can be a victim to the people that come before us. Mm. the way that they did everything Mm. how that can be you know expressed and expected for us to do it as well Mm. in in life at the moment I'm seeing it happen and and it will probably happen to you as well as you get older Mm. where you know your parents would go through life a certain way or your grandparents would like go through life a certain way and then all of a sudden you, you know, you've done your inner work and, and you're really stable in your core and everything. And then you go, well, fuck that. I don't want that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you, you, Debbie, the way that you've lived your life, you've definitely been very intertwined with your family. Yeah, right. Nice. And so like you've, you've spent a lot of time with your parents and sibling and, the whole way through and like you explained you and Daryl have been intertwined in family since you were six years old and so for you that would be even more intense than say for me you know I find in my life especially moving country I mean if there's going to be anything that like breaks you away from being a certain way it's it's that (laughs) being away not that I had to break away from anything my family's amazing but more the things that I've had to deal with is more shadow patterns that have lingered from mm. from times past you know ancestral things and um like certain shadow patterns of my dad's that I sort of claimed for my own that then I've had to disentangle from and um you know, like to live a life that looks very different to what my family have lived before, like you were describing. But I think my experience of that is very different from your experience of that in the terms of how how much time you spend with your family versus me who lives in a different country to my family at the moment, you know? You know, you just made me stop and think about my son then. Mm. How he has done Spent exactly time that. away done exactly that same thing this year and how that has actually affected the way and not in a bad way it affected that relationship where it's actually empowered yeah empowered not made it anything less but empowered the relationship yeah and I think that that's really a strong thing as well mm. to have that empowerment come through definitely not be I don't I, I keep wanting to use the word reliant, but 
not reliant, but um, codependent, possibly. You know, yeah, the word, and to know that you are safe and you are okay still to go and do that. Mm. I mean, hat off, hat off to you, honey, because Daniel's just done it. Mm. It's just because you're a completely whole person outside of your family. Family is amazing. I love my family. And I'm very much looking forward to being back living closely. I'm going to be living on my sister's property and I can't bloody wait. I am obsessed with my sisters and I bloody love my mom. But separate from my family, I am am Haley. That, you know, you take me away from my family, they're not here at all. No one ever gets to see me interact with them. And I am a whole complete person outside of that. And I think that it is a beautiful thing to do in your life if you get the opportunity to take a season, whether it be a solo trip, maybe it's even just going away for a month on your own. Um or it doesn't need to be on your own. It can be with your partner or whatever, where you sort of just remove yourself from what you've, if you have grown up in a very close-knit family, because I did, you know, like until I was 28, we all, my sisters and my mom, we all lived within five minutes of each other. And of course we lived in the same house and we just, for, for decades, like, And you can, your identity can get weaved in with that. Of course it is. It's the environment you were raised in. And so you have who you are and then you have who your family thinks you are. And they aren't necessarily the same person. That's true, isn't it? And there's nothing wrong with that though. That's not something wrong. And I think then we start to blame families of like, oh, you've told me who I am, but We're just humans. We have our ideas. We have our assumptions of who we think somebody is based on our experience with that person. Of course, it's it's nothing wrong with that. But we can take, we can broaden our awareness to be like, okay, there is actually an entire me that exists outside of this family unit. And who is that? And when you find that, the empowering part comes in where you can then bring that back into the family unit, just as your son's going to be doing when he returns. And it just enhances the family unit. Yes, it may cause some friction. It may cause some discomfort for people who were comfortable in who they thought you were rather than who you truly are, but that's all right. It's just a few growing pains. The dust will settle and it will all actually self-organize into a higher purpose, into a higher frequency. And, um, And then as you do that yourself, then all of a sudden, guess what you do? you realize that everyone in your family is just who you have thought they were. And maybe we haven't been holding space for our family to be who they truly are. You know, I'm returning to Australia being like, man, I feel like I'm returning to get to know my sisters for the first time in my life. Even though we've been so intertwined and we've spent so much time together and we love each other so much, but maybe I don't even know them. Because there's been certain parts of me who I feel like they hadn't known Mm. only because I didn't know myself. And so 
that's a really interesting thing about family dynamics. And, and again, come straight back to your first question of how the inner work improves our relationships. Is it easy? Is it always comfortable? No, it's not going to always be easy and comfortable, but it's for higher purpose. Therefore, it is of ultimate good. Yeah. You know, you actually exhausted all of my questions. I can't believe ah! it. <laughs> Can you hear the, the bloody next-door neighbours mowing his lawns? No, I can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> but I do know that we're going to have to wrap it up very shortly or we're yeah. going to have a, have a very wet pair of pants. <laughs> I always need to pee during podcast episodes. I mean, so we, we can. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up, Deb. But, um. Oh, I've loved this conversation. It's been good, hasn't it? It was really a conversation about relationships and about dynamics with how do we as women, women on this inner road reintegrate. Yeah, definitely. Knowing that that's the whole point. That's the whole point. The only point you ever go in is so that you can reintegrate on the other side. That's the whole point. To be in connection, not just with nature either, but with people, yes. <laughs> you know, because that can be a bit of a cop out yep. where we're like, oh, I'm so connected to nature, but I hate people. Um, if we hate people, we haven't gone deep enough, yeah. you know, and uh, that's not to say that you have to love, that you have to like everyone, you know. There are people I don't like. You know this, Deb. (laughs) No, I don't mean Deb knows this because I bitched her about people. I mean Deb knows this because she shares the gene keys with me of like there's just going to be things you don't like in life and it is okay to not like someone but it's not okay to write off people. Yes. Or to write off your connection or to like cocoon yourself because I can't be around people. It's okay to cocoon yourself for the purpose of going in so you can re-emerge and be back with the people. But you might not figure that out until you re-emerge. And that's okay too. I didn't know. I had no idea that I was going to love people this much. (laughs) You're amazing, girlfriend. You're amazing, Debbie. And I fucking love you. (laughs) You know, honey, you know what gets me, Hayley? There's, there's only a few young, and I say young because you are younger than me, there's only a few young women around that I personally know that hold the wisdom that you hold. Oh. That, that, that just blows me away. It really does. My daughter-in-law is one of these women as well, and she, she holds that wisdom and doesn't even, I don't think she even realises how much wisdom mm. she holds. This girl is just incredible. Mm. Um, but I just, yeah, I, yep, I love you, babe. I just oh, I love you. I love you. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the last three years. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your open heart. And thank you for just being you, Deb, being so committed and devoted to this inner road. Thank you to Daryl for just being the man behind the woman. Right? <laughs> thank you, Daz. I know how much you've got to put up with Daz sometimes. And, you know, my heart goes out to you as well. <laughs> I love it. Debbie's gene keys are too similar to mine for me to know that some bullshit doesn't go down. 
Oh, hell yeah. And you, know, and you know what else the most amazing thing about all this is too, that Daryl's got gene keys in there. His four main gene keys are the same as mine in a different mm, order. My, my um, daughter-in-law's gene keys are the same as, same as mine, but in Daryl's order. Go figure. Look, we, we attract our people. We, just... we attract our people. So uh, thanks so much. I'm so excited to put this episode together and get it out there to all of the listeners. They're going to love it. This was so impactful and I can't wait to have you back on the potty. Thanks, babe. Next time we might talk about something rather than relationships. <laughs> hey, you are always welcome back. We can talk about anything and everything. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.